This is seriously a freaking nightmare. Like, this is an absolute nightmare. Callie's freaking destroyed. Oh, it's just... But we'll do it. We got a job to do, right? Like, no matter what, we got a job to do. So, this is the good stuff, by the way. Don Julio. You know the Don Julio? Yeah. Let me just... I cannot believe I have to tell people that there's hope. You know? It's just going to be a terrible day. What? We're live. We're live. Um, hey, hi, how are you? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, September 15th. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It's the day after. It's the day after yesterday, and here we are. Uh, there was the big recall election, and uh, hold on just a sec. As long, as long as they know my deep, dark secret, you know? It's like... We got a show to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything's going to be okay, Callie. You guys are going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Um, okay, guys, so we have a bunch to talk about. Uh, we're not doing regular stories today. Um, I have no notes in front of me. We did not pick stories. I don't feel like doing any other current events. Um, we've got a little video that we're going to throw to as I'm talking. Um, but... Um, this is going to be a little different today because obviously today is not a great day if you're a Californian and it's not a great day if you're an American and it's not a great day if you're just a decent, freedom-loving person, right? It's just not a great day. So that's number one. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that like I'm in the greatest mood ever or that I think everything's great and I'm not going to promise you that things will get better because I can't promise you that. Like, I just can't. Um, however, I first want to say something just about my experience in this whole recall election and what's happened to this country and this state in the last year and a half and everything else. You know, I woke up this morning and although I sort of like, at first I was just like, ah, what am I gonna do on the show? What am I gonna do? I gotta tell you that in the you know four or five hours I got up at about 7 a.m., the four or five hours that I've been awake, I'm, I'm actually feeling quite proud today. Like I really do feel that in the last year and a half I have fought for what I believe in at the highest possible level. I have done everything that I could possibly do to make this recall happen, uh, to get rid of a, a guy that I think is a really terrible governor who is destroying this state, and I don't have to repeat all the reasons why I think he is, you guys all know that. Um, but more importantly than that, when, when Larry Elder got involved in this thing, and there were rumblings, you know, there were rumblings that maybe Dennis Prager was gonna get involved, um, there were rumblings that Adam Carolla was gonna get involved. There were rumblings that Rick Grinnell was gonna get involved. I, I strongly considered it for a couple of weeks. I really did, and we, we talked to some people. Um, and I just felt that I, I would be more useful outside of, of the system than, than the guy that was doing it. You know, I could help with messaging and amplification and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but when Larry got involved, I felt that this was basically as good as it gets. Like, this is, not just a good and decent man, and as you know, I don't care about the color of his skin, um, but for the people that do, I thought it could help flip the script a little bit um, and expose the nonsense of the left. And although Larry did lose um, and the recall lost, I think we've really exposed further just the absolute fraudulent, dishonest nature of the media and the democratic establishment and our political leaders and everything else. Um, but. 
I felt I would give this thing everything I've got. And I toured with Larry and obviously I've been promoting the hell out of him on Twitter and on the show and every other which way. And I introduced him to some, some money people and people that I thought could help. I gave this everything I got. And when I say I, I also want to give a shout out to, to the two guys that are in this room, Michael and Connor, who have helped me along the way do all this stuff. And, and my assistant, Helen, and, and Talia, and everybody that's part of this team, and David, every, everyone that's part of my team here, like we all were like, there's something to fight for, let's fight for it together. And we all did everything that we could possibly do. So again, I'm not sitting here like, oh, this is the greatest day, and there's so many, like look on the horizon, like things will get better. I'm not really sure how I feel about that here in California right now. Actually, I think things are gonna get a lot worse. I think they ha the, the, the bad forces, and the forces that I've been fighting against, that I believe to be the, the wrong ideas, like they're strengthened in California right now. And California is obviously the, you know, it's the biggest state in the union and it is one of the biggest economies in the world and everything else, like the bad ideas of critical race theory and social justice and mismanagement of everything and high taxes and high regulation, all that stuff, like it all just got strengthened. That's just the truth, like it, it got emboldened. Um, and Lord only knows what all of that garbage stuff does when it's emboldened, probably some bad stuff. Um, but what sits next to that for me is that I, I feel like I, I personally did what I felt was right and there's value in that. So it's not, you don't win all the time. You don't, and especially in politics you don't win. And you know, I say to you guys all the time that one of the biggest problems that we have in America right now is that people have traded religion or belief, just any sort of traditional set of beliefs for politics, right? And I think it's, it, there's a particularly pernicious version of this with people on the left because they have so accepted the purely secular worldview that they feel like because they, they don't believe in something else, they believe that they have the duty or the responsibility or the divine right, even though they usually don't believe in the divine, to organize the world as they see fit. And in many ways, that's really what this election was about. Like a guy like Gavin Newsom who thinks he should wield power over people. And if you just gave him enough money and power, he could figure out how more people could live or should live, and versus the ideas that Larry Elder was bringing to the table, the things that I talk about, which are that the government's really not that good at a lot of stuff, and it shouldn't take from a lot of people, it shouldn't do that much, there's some basic stuff that it should do, and that's it. But those ideas didn't work this time around, and, and yes, maybe there was some fraud, and we all know that if you, I mean, Blake Masters, who's running for uh, Senate in Arizona, who I think is a really good guy, who I'm gonna have on the show in a couple weeks, he, he tweeted out an image where if you just take a basic um, iPhone um, flashlight to a ballot, you could automatically see the yes and the vote for Larry. I, we checked it, no matter which way you folded the envelope, even though I voted in person, we tested it on our, on our mail-in ballot, no matter which way you folded it, either you could see the yes or you could see Larry. I'm not saying there was fraud, I'm actually not even though I think the system here is deeply corrupt. Like I don't, I, I'm not saying there's fraud and I have no evidence there was fraud, but I know that the system here is just broken. It is a one party system and Lord only knows what these people would do, but I'm not, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Um, but what I'm saying is that if a certain amount of people don't have faith in the system, and that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people. You know, I went to a election night party last night at Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. You may remember Pineapple Hill, there was the incredible viral video from the height of the lockdowns where um, the, the woman who owns it, Angela, who's a great, great lady, um, she was there last night, obviously. Um, she had taken some video where she built this outdoor uh, area for people to come and sit so that she could keep her restaurant open at the height of the lockdowns. 
and they locked her down, but then they had a huge outdoor eating area for a Hollywood shoot, literally steps away right next door. That video got seen millions and millions and millions of times. So we thought that that would be the place to do our little election situation last night. And you know, about 100 people showed up, maybe more actually, and it was, these were all good people. I didn't meet any racists or right-wing maniacs. Um, I didn't meet any bad people, <laughs> you know, like, and by the way, I'm not even sure how many Republicans I met. Most of the people were sort of mugged liberals as I talk about, or independents, or just apolitical people. And some of them were, I would say, more conservative, but you're not gonna believe this, guys. There were gay people there, and there were black people there, and there were Asian people and Latino people. They were all there, and they were all there not because we all agree on politics. I mean, that's the interesting thing. Nobody really talked about politics there last night. Like everyone kind of talked about, oh, we just kind of want to be left alone. We don't like this slow descent to hell that this state is on. Um, and we support Larry. And actually I, I was able to get Larry to call in and I went up to uh, uh, the microphone and Larry, we took the phone call and Larry said hi to everybody and it was great. And and I guess I say all of this to say, I don't regret anything here right now. Like, I don't think politics is everything. Like, I don't think, and that's why they're so hysterical and we're usually not. So that's not to say I'm not dejected today. I'm, I'm not thrilled with the day. I have to really think about a lot of things in my life and uh, you know, talk to my team about the future and what we wanna do about Cali and all of that stuff. Like, that's all legit, right? But like, I fought for something and fighting for something is a worthwhile cause. Believing in something is a worthwhile cause. Doing something, going against the grain, standing up against the machine. I see these all as good things and these are things that I did. So I feel, and again, not just me, the people around me that we all did. So I feel a great sense of pride right now and I hope you feel that too. And even last night, you know, it was interesting because eight o'clock is when the polls roll, uh, closed but basically at 8.01 they announced, it was pretty much like it's over already because of all the uh, mail-in ballots that they had already come in. So they were pulling it, they were you know, showing you polls that it was like 70-30 basically at you know, no on the recall, basically at 8.05, something like that. And you know, everyone in that room, it was like, we all knew it was a long shot, everyone in that room. So when we got there at like five o'clock and everyone's having drinks and eating wings and burgers and stuff, it's like we were all having a great time, but of course it was sitting in the back of our head, I, I knew it this whole time, like there's more Democrats than Republicans, it's a Democrat run state, all of that stuff. Like, you know, I, as I always say, I'm, I'm a dreamer, um, but I'm not just like a blind dreamer. Like we knew this was gonna be tough. And you know, by 8.05 when, when uh, it ended, or in essence it ended, um, nobody was crying in that room. People kept talking, kept having a good time. We all kind of were nodding at each other, like, you know, this sucks and we, we gotta think about our lives and what we want to do and do we want to be here and all of those things. But I was very proud to be in that room with those people. And I think that's the feeling that if you watch this show and you care about the ideas that I talk about and you, you love a guy like Larry Elder and you believe in the types of things that he talks about, like that's what we should take with us. What you do in your life, especially if you live in California, that's up to you. Like, do you stay and fight? I don't see much hope in staying and fighting here. I think it's gonna get much worse. There's just no reason to think it won't. Um, do you go? Do you finally go? And you all know that at the height of the lockdowns, when everything was locked down, I had an illegal dinner party. I'm sure they'll come for me one day. I had uh, right-wing maniac Michael Knowles from the Daily Wire and his wife over. We all lived in Cali at the time. We all lived in LA. They came over for dinner at the height of the lockdowns. This is like April or something when you weren't supposed to see people and mask up and stay in your basement forever. 
And Michael and I, uh, over some whiskey, decided to stay and fight. It was just when there were some rumblings about a recall, and I said, I'm gonna give this thing everything I got, and Knowles agreed. Knowles was like, we're gonna stay, we're gonna fight, we're gonna do it. We toasted to whiskey. I was like, this is great, we'll get Ben to stay, da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, and the next morning, the Daily Wire announced that they were moving to Nashville, and Knowles was gone. I don't say that as a shot to Knowles. I actually love Knowles, and I think he's a great political thinker and, and a great guy. He didn't know that they were about to announce that they were leaving. Um, but I did what I said I was gonna do a year and a half ago. I stayed and I fought, you know? Like, I fought for what I believe in. There's no shame in that. There just isn't. So I feel oddly good today. It's hard to explain. Like, I'm sort of depressed about the general state of the world, but I feel like I did something decent in the midst of that, and that's pretty good. And I, I wanna talk a little bit about, about Larry, and we'll, we'll throw up some old Larry footage while I'm talking about Larry, because the video that we're gonna show you, a little B-roll right now, is uh, the first time that I sat down with Larry Elder. And I think that was in, can we confirm this? I think that was in about February of 2016, am I right? Tw uh, 2015, no, 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 I think it was 2016. I'm 99% sure it was 2016. But that's a long time ago. That's, you know, it's over five years ago, five and a half years ago. And I was a lefty at the time, and there's Larry Elder. And I said something about systemic racism, and that man beat me senseless with facts. He beat me senseless with facts. Uh, it was January 2016, I was off by a couple weeks, okay, that's fine. Um, and my life changed at that moment. I know that you've all seen that clip, but my life absolutely changed in that moment. I, I was already struggling with so much of the rhetoric of the left and thinking that everyone was racist and everyone was a homophobe and all of the nonsense and the identity politics stuff, it was all like, it was all just like slamming me at once and I was waking up, right? And you've all been through this. I have no doubt that everyone that's watching this one way or another, whether you've been a conservative for 20 years, whether you're a liberal waking up now, whether these terms mean nothing anymore and you're just some human trying to piece together something that makes sense, we all have our wake up moments, right? And that moment with Larry, let's, let's throw it back again. We're gonna show you the same clip again while I'm talking, but it was just, you've all seen it. I know you've seen it. It's been seen 30 probably million times across all the different YouTube and everywhere else. And, and he beat me with facts, but did it with grace and decency. And when the show ended, um, I know many of you know the story, but we shook hands, we said, we'll do the show again. I think he realized that he was sitting across from somebody that was willing to learn and willing to listen. And um, you know, it was my best and worst career moment at the exact same time, at the exact same time, because I went into what turned into a debate and I wasn't ready. I thought, well, if you just say systemic racism exists, it does, because that's what the left does with everything. There should be $15 minimum wage because we think there should be. We should do this, America is evil because of this. 1619 Project's true because we say it's true. This is what the left does with absolutely everything and Larry had facts. Well, this is what police shootings are. This is what affirmative action has done. This is what the ever expanding state has, has done uh, to black and brown communities, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't, it's not that the whole interview was just about that stuff. But I went back into that control room and there were a bunch of producers there. This is when we were on Aura TV. We had a bigger staff at the time and you know that, that interview did not air live. We taped it live and then it was gonna air the next day. And everybody, everyone in that room said, Dave, don't worry, we're gonna cut that part. We're gonna cut that part. And I don't know where it came from within me, but I said, no, we're, we're not gonna. If, I, if I'm an interviewer, if anything that I do is true and real, well, I get it, I get it. I don't look so great right there, but we have to air that as is. And that's what we did. And you know, the next day or two or three, as the video started getting copied, and then it was like, you know, black conservative destroys libtard, and like all the other versions of that that get cut across YouTube. And I started seeing millions of views, and I was like, oh, 
you know, this is not my best moment, but I started looking in the comments and people were going, boy, Dave seems like he listened. This is just the beginning of something. And it was the beginning of something. It was the beginning of something that then led me talking to Dennis Prager and having a conversation with Ben Shapiro and talking to Glenn Beck and, and eventually finding Jordan Peterson and, and the rest of all of this that you now know about me over the last couple of years and about my political evolution and all of those things. And I think the reason that people watch what I do is because I've been honest about the whole thing. You know, like you've seen it on camera. You've seen it unfold on camera. Um, and you know, even just a month ago, we had Larry in here, right? And this is now in our new studio. And can I say I'm aging pretty decently? Uh, not bad, right? Like for five years, pretty good. Um, but, but he sat in this room in my house, not only as a friend, and as a candidate, but as a mentor and someone that I respect, who is a decent guy, who again, didn't want to get into this thing. Didn't want to get in so that he could tell everybody how to live, but he felt it was a calling. Um, I don't even know if Larry would want me to say this, but you know, his, his girlfriend, Nina, who we've become good friends with too, who's great, she kind of pushed him more than he was pushing himself. Larry's got a great life. He's had this great radio show. He, he does all sorts of appearances and talks and everything else, like he didn't need this. But I know when I was out on the road uh, with him, just in the last two weeks, we were in Thousand Oaks, I think we got some video of that too, and, and I was campaigning for him and there were about a thousand people there. It was probably 100 degrees at least. This was at 2 p.m. in the middle of the day in LA, it was hot as hell. And, and to meet all of those people out there, and I'm telling you, these were not racist people. These were not bad people. These were not evil Trump supporters or whatever the meme is that, that they say about all of us. I know what the truth is. And I know that that truth is not lined up with what mainstream media tells you. I know that that truth is not lined up with what big tech allows you to see. And I really know after this, these last couple of weeks that that truth is not, not that truth, the truth is not lined up with the way democratic politicians are talking about things. So when Joe Biden dares come here two days ago and says that Larry Elder is a Trump clone and refuses to say his name, I thought it was say his name, say her name. Wasn't that a thing? When, uh, when, a, when a black person is shot, say her name, say his name. Well, they committed an assassination of Larry Elder here, a, a, a career assassination, a reputation assassination. Joe Biden refused to say Larry Elder's name as he's calling him a clone of Trump, a Trump clone. Larry Elder, who was born in South Central LA. Larry Elder, whose dad was a janitor. Larry Elder, who went from nothing and because of capitalism and America became something and became someone who now millions of people will learn the right ideas by. How is he treated by Joe Biden and the Democrats? Barack Obama, who put out an ad attacking Larry Elder but would not say his name. Gavin Newsom, who maybe said his name once or twice but repeatedly lied about him lied about him and then had the gall, this evil cartoon villain, had the gall last night to say this is a win for diversity. That's what he said, this is a win for diversity. Can you pull, ah, I'm not even gonna bother with Gavin Newsom, it's not important, he, he has nothing to do with my life, and not much longer. Um, so all of that being said, um, I can't sit here and lie to you. I can't sit here and lie to you and say, Guys, you know, this is a disaster, but from this disaster, like more and more people will wake up and things will get better in this state. I'm really not sure. I, I live here, you know, I, I go to these places and I see brainwashed, masked people who 
who are afraid of their own shadow, and it's not everybody. I meet so many good people here too, and that, that's sort of been the fuel for all of this. I would say more than anything else, my, the locals community has been the fuel because that's where I, I talk to you guys and I see what you're thinking, even if I can't respond to every little thing, um, but there's no bots and trolls, so I get to communicate and I get to like feel the zeitgeist of the people that I care about, right? So like that fuels me. But then when I go out and about here and people say nice things to me or people say things on, a, on the airplane or whatever, and we're all kind of outsiders in the system, right? Like we're, we're not the insiders and that's the irony. You know, the, the progressives are always running around screaming that they're the resistance and it's like, no, you're not. It's like that AOC video from yesterday at the $30,000 Met Gala pretending she's fighting the power and she is the power. And I will keep fighting for these ideas. I may not be fighting for these ideas from California for much longer, um, but I will keep fighting for these ideas and I will keep fighting for this country. And, and I hope that any of you who are like a little upset about the way this turned out, right? Like if you're upset about the way this turned out, there's something that you can do in your life to fight against this, this oncoming horror that we know is happening in the United States. We are under attack. We are under attack. I don't know exactly who it's, from or how it's happening exactly, this confluence of media and big tech. I mean, even if you think about it this way, you know, I had Rose McGowan on last week. She talks about how Jennifer Newsom, Gavin's wife, approached her on behalf of Harvey Weinstein's lawyer to see how the story could go away. Imagine if that was Ted Cruz, what the media would have done with that, if it was Ted Cruz's wife. The media's evil, they're evil, so we are fighting the media and we are fighting big tech. And does that make me a conspiracy theorist or Alex Jones? I don't think so, I don't think you think so, but we got work to do and I, and I hate to tell you that if you think that, you know, ducking your head, you know, doing the ostrich head in the sand thing is gonna work, if you think just being the frog in the pot is gonna work as the temperature rises, like, it doesn't work out well for the frog and there's a lot of beheaded ostriches, okay? So before we get to the beheading phase of this thing, it's like, figure it out for yourself. And, I, and as I say that to you, I mean it for me too. Like we have a lot of things to figure out around here, right? Like David and I have a great life here. We've got great friends, we throw great parties, we eat great food, I've got great employees. I have literally, there's no, no physical thing that I want on this earth, there really isn't. We go on good vacations, like I, I don't have, I don't want anything. I don't flip through Amazon like, oh, I wanna buy that or that. Like I have, the things that I want. What I don't have right now is the comfort of living in a state that I think has a future. That's a weird thing, right? Like that, that's kind of weird. And, and, and the truth is, I thought, I, I've thought for a long time, probably since COVID began, that America was entering this sort of cold civil war situation. But it's here, it really is here. Like the stark differences between the blue and the red are so obvious now. Critical race theory, social justice, taxes, regulation, all of the COVID mandates, like it's all here, we are, we are splitting. I don't, you know, I try not to alarm you guys. I mean, that's the thing. I think if I do anything on this show, it's that I try not to alarm you. I'm, I'm trying not to enrage you, right? But, and, and for a year, I didn't even wanna say that. I was thinking it and I didn't wanna say it because it's like, I don't wanna add fuel to that, but, but here we are. If you live in California, you live under a vastly different set of rules and, and laws than you do in, in Florida. And that chasm is gonna continue to get wider and wider. And by the way, that's not necessarily depressing. The idea of a cold civil war is depressing, but the idea that states can make decisions for themselves and then you still have an opportunity 
to do that foot vote thing, say, no, I'm not gonna live here, I'm gonna take my skills and my family and my, my values, and I'm gonna strengthen another place, you got a chance, you got a chance in America. Most places don't have that. Most countries don't have that federalist system that let you allow, that allow you to live in different places with drastically different laws and lifestyles and all of those things. Um, but I can tell you, you know, it's like Cali's not turning around anytime soon. So if you're, I met a lot of people last night and, and a lot of community members that I know that I've met before and everyone had that look, that look of just like, all right, maybe it's up. Maybe it's up now. I've had, everyone said it. I've got, all my friends are leaving. We know California had its first net loss of population. So it's like, maybe we should just leave, right? And it's like, if I left, I know a bunch of other people would be coming with me and I pay a hell of a lot of ta in taxes, <laughs> quite a disturbing amount actually, uh, to fund the pet projects of these maniacs uh, for projects that don't do anything, that projects that just make everything worse. If the high taxes worked, then why is there all the homelessness? If the high taxes worked, then why do the roads all suck? If the high taxes worked, then why don't more people have jobs and then house prices maybe would drop because more people would afford house, houses and then competition would kick in. But none of it works. So it's like, these are all the things that I gotta think about and that I'm sure millions of others are thinking about. Um, but again, I hope you feel, if, if you did what you thought was right in this thing and if you shared a video and you told anyone about this recall and, and hopefully Larry Elder. You know, one of the reasons that I think that they purposely didn't say his name is they don't want you to Google Larry Elder. You know, I, I really mean that. I know that might sound a little nuts, but one, I mean, Joe Biden, disgusting. It's actually disgusting. We, we forget everything else that I've said here. There was a black man was the leading candidate to replace Gavin Newsom in the largest state in the United States of America. And these people who tell us we're all racists refuse to say his name. They're awful, they're awful. If you looked at the media hits, you know, we played the thing yesterday. If you Googled Larry Elder's name, just hit piece after hit piece after hit piece after hit piece. So that's what we're up against. But David beat Goliath. And I'm David. Uh, all right, that, so that's my thoughts for today. I got a couple media hits today. Um, obviously this stuff ain't, ain't going anywhere. Um, tonight actually is the, begins the holiest day in the, in the Jewish year, it's uh, Yom Kippur which goes all the way into tomorrow. I will be fasting and, and doing the temple thing. So we're pre-taping tomorrow's Q&A uh, today. So if you'd like to submit a question, we're gonna be taping it about an hour. You can go to rubenreport.locals.com. Um, and for anyone that's observing the holiday, uh, I wish you an easy fast, as they say. A lot of hungry Jews in a room. It can, it can be quite intense. Uh, and then Friday, uh, we're doing a panel show. It's gonna be all about Canada. You know, Canada has elections coming up and there are a couple decent Larry Elder type people that are running in Canada. So Viva Fry is running and we're gonna have him and we're gonna have Ezra Levant and we're working on getting Maxime Bernier from the uh, People's Party. Um, but he's having a little, we're trying to arrange something but he's got a flight. We're gonna, anyway, we'll, we'll have a great show all about Canada because I wanna, I wanna help spread these ideas in Canada too. Um, anyway, I have a feeling I'll be chatting more with people in the locals community today if you wanna, if you wanna get me. And, and I hope more than anything else, like even though this was sort of somber, this wasn't like the usual thing that I do, um, I, there's, a, there's reason to feel good because in this country, at least for now, you still have some choice to figure out how you wanna live. And again, I, as I say that to you, I'm saying it to myself. So it's decision time, it's decision time. Uh, have a great day, everybody, and uh, I'll see you on Friday.
Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.